Good Friday is all about the cross. Yeah? And for those who were, um, had the joy of just travelling across to Ilkeston, we really had a, an amazing message. And if you, didn't, if you weren't able to, to get there, I'm sorry, we can't serve the chips again. You missed that. But you can get the message. And it was absolutely brilliant. I've already said to him, um, I'm going to preach that message. And I'm going to preach it wide and far. And I'm going to let everybody think that I thought it up. But uh, they'll all know, no chance. It's, it's this man who got it. It was an amazing, amazing evening. But let me say, it was an amazing event that took place when Jesus hung upon the cross for, for yours and my, my sin. I'll, I'll, I'll make mention of that in a moment. But then we come to the morning. We heard this morning in our Ilkeston campus, Oh, what a beautiful morning. I'm not about to break out in song. Yes, I will. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. I've got a beautiful feeling. Everything's going my way. We heard about the beautiful morning. Resurrection morning. Resurrection Sunday where... They went to the tomb. Who am I talking about there? Talking about the followers of Jesus and Jesus' family. They went to the tomb where he was laid. They took him off the cross. His body was, was, was uh, unrecognizable. And they, they bombed him and they put him in the tomb and they thought that was it. And they went to the tomb. And as they ran towards the tomb, they realized that something significant had taken place because the tombstone was huge. And the Bible records that the tombstone was rolled away. It was rolled away. And as they went in there, there was angelic beings. And the angels said to the disciples, He is not here. He is risen from the grave. What a great, great word. What a great, great statement that was made. He is not here. He is risen. So we have the cross and we have the resurrection life. He's no longer in the tomb. So now what? Is that it? I want to talk about this evening from Romans in chapter 8 and verse 11. If you've not got your Bibles, you can refer to it on the screen. But if you have got your Bibles, I'd love you to just turn to it, if you will. Because Romans chapter 8 and verse 11 says something so significant. He says there, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. Everybody say, living in you. Nudge your neighbor next to you and say, living in you. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. There's a song that we sing about how the spirit of Christ, the, the same spirit that raised Christ from the grave, lives in you, lives in me. This same spirit that raised Christ from the grave, that raised Christ from the dead, lives in you. I want to tell you now what. I want to just talk to you about the now what just for a few minutes. Because it didn't just end there. It was a remarkable thing that took place when Jesus hung upon the cross for yours and my sin. And let's be honest now, all of us have fallen short. All of us have got it wrong. All of us missed the mark. 
Every single one of us, even the do-gooders amongst us, we've all got it wrong. We've all messed up. We've all failed. We all have guilt. We all have shame. Some people have more guilt than others. Some people have greater sins than others. But let me tell you, they're all sins in the sight of God. And every one of our sins were nailed upon the cross when Jesus hung there. And when he said it is finished, he wasn't saying I'm finished. He was saying the job that I came to do, I have completed it. Once and for all, for all people. Completely done. And as I said, they laid him in a tomb. But death, the Bible records, death could not hold him down. Why is that? Why could death not hold him down? Because we read in Romans chapter 8, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God, was living and resident in this Jesus. And he raised him back to life. And that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Lives in you. What I'm talking about this evening is resurrection life. Resurrection power. You see, I have a theory. And this is my theory. And you may be like it tonight. And I'm going to give you opportunity, Christians tonight, to respond to the message. Because my theory is this. There are many people who camp at the cross. And don't misunderstand me or misinterpret me. Particularly these guys who are have a real heart for teaching and theology. I'm looking at my good friend Phil Pye here. Please don't misunderstand me. But there are some people who camp at the cross or camp at the empty tomb. And that is it. And they recognize that Jesus has forgiven them of their sins, which is a remarkable thing. And those same people recognize that they now have the ticket to heaven. When the time comes, whenever that may be, they will be in the presence of God. What a wonderful assurance it is, friend, tonight. But there are some people who just stay there. And I want to encourage you tonight that now what is, there is a life that God wants us to live, and it's called resurrection life. The same power that raised Christ from the grave lives in you. That means to say that God does not want you to live in defeat. He wants you to live in victory. I see too many Christians who are living in utter defeat. Yes, they know that Jesus has forgiven them. Yes, they know that when their time comes, they will be in the presence of God. But what about now? What about now? There are too many people who I see who are just existing. I'm not talking, please for a moment, I'm talking to the church for a moment. Too many Christians who are just existing, just getting by, just waiting. They've received Jesus, but it seems like some people then get on with their lives. Oh my goodness, Phil, what have I just said there? Did you hear me? There are some Christians who, and you may be one of them tonight, that you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You've invited him in. But then you get on with your life. And what I'm talking about is not living that kind of life because the life that Jesus wants us to embrace is where we get on with his life. That same power, I'll keep saying it, 
who raised Christ from the grave lives in you. But I don't see an awful lot of evidence around a lot of people. And I've been really challenged about this. I've been in my meditations on over Romans in chapter 8. I've been meditating on just these last few days, preparing for this evening, just allowing the Spirit of God to just work in me. Because God wants to do a deep work in all of our hearts. I don't intend to be long because I want to give opportunity for prayer tonight. I'm going to give opportunity for those who don't know Jesus to receive Jesus. But I'm also going to give an opportunity for those who do know Jesus to receive Jesus. If you get what I mean. You're going to get Jesus. Because some of you are just existing. And this resurrection life that literally dragged Jesus from the grave, brought him back to life, lives in every one of our lives. The thing is, the early disciples, they didn't have a clue what was going on. They did not have a clue. They knew that Jesus was risen. The Bible records that he revealed himself to them over a 40-day period. But they still didn't understand. And Jesus says to them in the book of Acts, he says to them, you need to wait in Jerusalem. You need to just wait there. And again, they didn't have a clue. But as they waited and as they prayed, as they were gathered together, 120 of them, quite a sizable crowd in Jerusalem, just before Pentecost, the feast of Pente- the festival of Pentecost, we see that the Spirit of God was poured out upon them. And these timid disciples who had received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they had received the call to follow him, now realized what the now what was. They now realized they connected all the dots on the picture. They recognized it wasn't just about the cross. And they recognized it wasn't just about the resurrection life. But it was now about the Spirit of God being poured out. And the Spirit of God came because he didn't want this message just to remain amongst a small group. Let me tell you, the kingdom of God and the Spirit of God was poured out because he wanted the kingdom of God to go into all the world. He wanted it to to advance. You know, as we seek to partner with God in building his church, because you don't need to understand something. Phil and I, it's not our job to build the church. That's his job. Jesus said, I will build my church. It's not your job to build the church at all. It's your job to take the kingdom of God wherever you are. And he will build the church. But I come across again a lot of pastors who think the measure and the test of a church is how many people have come in. You know what I actually believe more and more now with all my heart? is the true test and measure of a great church is not how many, how many people come, it's how many people go. How many people are sent with resurrection power. From the life of this church, I speak prophetically, we want to see more and more people sent to other parts of the world. Want to see more and more people plant churches. Want to see more and more people invading the marketplace. Want to see more and more people going out from this place. Not because they're falling out with us, but because there's a sense of commissioning. There's a sense of God moving them forward into his purposes. They're not just living now in the power of themselves. They're living in Pentecost power. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. 
This is the now what, friends? We, we can't get to the tomb without the cross. And it would be crass of us to just take the cross and the tomb without what I'm talking about tonight. Because there is a progression. There was, there was a strategy for what Jesus wanted to do, for what God wanted to do. And it was a pouring out of his spirit. They were pouring out of his spirit. God wants this evening to pour out his spirit upon us in a greater measure. He wants us to understand that we are commissioned, that we are called, and we have been saved for a purpose. I was thinking about this word commissioner, commissioned. What does it mean? Well, a commissioner is someone, a person who has been appointed to a role on and for a commission. It's a representative of the supreme authority in an area. I want to tell you tonight that the Spirit of God, I really believe it with all my heart. It's very simple. I hope you're getting this. Very simple word. The Spirit of God wants to so touch some Christian, Christian lives tonight. He wants you to know you're not just saved, you're not just called, but you're commissioned. There's a sense in which God's saying, I want you to go into all the world. I want you to go with this same power to raise Christ from the dead. I want you now to live in you. I want the Spirit of God to live in each and every one of your hearts. If you don't know Jesus, don't think, well, I've got to go through a few steps to get there. No, you haven't. You can receive. You can receive God the Spirit into your, into your life tonight. You see, the Spirit lives in us. The Spirit is wanting to go. The Spirit is wanting to go with us. And He's wanting us to understand what it is to live with resurrection life. I've got three things that I want to say and then I'm done. You say, this is remarkable and we've never had anything as quick as this. And my wife's given me strict instructions not to go too long because of my voice. As she also said, not to get too, I'm going to tell them all, not to get too amped up. She says, if you get too amped up, I'm going to cough. I've already heard her cough about three times. <laughs> but I've completely ignored her. I've completely ignored her. I really have. Three very simple things that I believe. The resurrection life. As we, as we, as Paul encourages us in Romans chapter 8 to do away with condemnation. We haven't got time to go through this. Verse 1, it says, therefore there is no, no condemnation. That, that word is a sense of judgment. There's no judgment for those who are in Christ Jesus. Then goes on to say, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free. I want to tell you we're free tonight. Are you hearing me tonight? You're free tonight. You know Jesus Christ. You are free tonight. You have been set free from any sense of condemnation. The old is gone and the new has come. Don't allow the enemy to drag you back. Don't allow the enemy to keep opening the closet doors of your past sins. I want to tell you, God says he's taken those sins and he's hurled them into the depths of the sea. Never to be remembered again. That's the Bible. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. But he then moves forward. As Paul encourages, he then, verse 11, which I've mentioned so many times, that this spirit that raised Christ from the dead is living 
in us. So what does this resurrection life mean? Well, I think it means something in three significant areas. Number one, you may say this is very, uh, you know, I was expecting more than this. Resurrection life helps us, number one, to live. To live. If you're trying to live this Christian life out on your own, trying, it's not the way it was intended to live because you'll never do it. You can only do it through the power of the Spirit. It's impossible to live the life that God has destined us for, to live without the Holy Spirit at work. If I can be a little bit out there. And I know I'm being a bit general. But let's be honest. There's a lot of churches around that are very boring. Oh, that got some people's attention. Okay. <laughs> Anybody ever been to some boring churches? Yeah. I'm not being unkind. They're boring and they don't even know they're boring. They're irrelevant and they don't even know they're irrelevant. They're lifeless. We don't even know the lifeless. And I'll tell you why. It's because the Spirit of Christ is not dwelling in the life of the people that are there. Because where the Spirit is, there is freedom and there is life. Jesus says, announced, the thief, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I am fed up with the enemy ripping off people, taking things that don't belong to him, taking lives that don't belong to him. Anybody else getting fed up here? Honestly, that's the only way I can describe it. Phil, I have to say there's something in me that says we cannot allow the enemy, I'm talking about Satan, to keep warring and taking, snatching people as he is doing. He only comes to steal, to kill and destroy. That's all he wants to do. If you are following the ways of Satan tonight, all he wants to do it's just to steal and kill and destroy your life. That's all he wants to do. But Jesus said, But I have come that you may have what? Life. And life in all of its fullness. Resurrection life brings life to the people of God. The second thing that resurrection life does, very quickly, is it enables us to overcome. It enables us to live in victory. I'm not talking about triumphalism tonight. The, rea the reality is we all live in brokenness. We all, live in we all live in challenges. There are things that war against us. Life is not easy. It really isn't easy. In, in fact, there's, there's, there's uh, verses in the Bible. Yeah, let me just read it to you here. This shows you the, just the balance to it. It says in Romans 8 verse 17, Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Listen to me. Listen to this carefully. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Listen, I'm not being triumphalistic. I'm talking about success and victory and three keys to success. Three keys to victory. Nothing ever touched the people of God. You've heard messages like that. It's rubbish. If you're a true follower of Christ, you're going to suffer. You're going to have hard times. You're going to have difficult times. But the Bible declares that if you're sharing His sufferings, you'll also share in His glory. 
Oh my goodness! You're going to share in his glory. I like this man at the back. I have no idea who you are, sir, but you're stirring something anyway. God bless you. See, resurrection life enables us to overcome. We overcome all the works of the evil one. There's something about the Spirit of God dwelling in us. When we know that he's in us, whatever challenges we may face, we're able to overcome. We know it does not have the final word. Death no longer holds the final word. Jesus overcame death and hell and sin. Anybody believe that tonight? Whatever challenges you are facing, I want to tell you, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you and it will enable you to overcome whatever you are facing. Sir, madam, whatever you are facing, if you will put your trust and confidence in God and you allow the spirit of God to live in you, you will overcome. You will overcome. And lastly, I said three things. Resurrection life enables us to go. I want to allow the word of God to just seal this last one. Because this is where I feel a sense of commissioning. I have to be honest. I'm not talking about commissioning for so-called ordained ministry. And by the way, we don't have a particular slant on that. We recognize the need for leaders in the church. It's an important thing. I'm not just saying it because I'm one of them. It's an important thing. We're all called to be ministers before God. Every single one of us. But I remember, I don't know how many years ago it was, but on um, a rainy day in Prestatin, where I was ordained as a minister of Assemblies of God. Oh, happy days, Phil. It wasn't quite happy then, but it's happier now, which is wonderful. But I remember a sense of commissioning that happened here. But what I'm talking about is not a commissioning into, you know, ordained ministry. I'm talking about for all believers everywhere. And this is what the Bible declares. Jesus says in Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, said to them, allow the word of God to just, just do something in your heart. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Listen to me. And then he says, these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. And they will place their hands on sick people. And they will get well. Resurrection life enables us to go. And we don't just go in the power of, our, of, our, of ourselves. We go in the power of his name. In my name. And he gives us supernatural power. What I've been really praying for these last couple of days. Is that God would do it in me. And that God would do it in this church. That we would not consign miracles to just the early church. That we would believe again. That God will do something amazing through our lives. But as we go in resurrection power, we will see blind eyes open. We will see the lame walk. We will see the deaf hear. When people try to harm us, 
there'll be a hedge of protection around us. We'll see an outbreak of the supernatural. Resurrection life is not meant to be just for us to stay. Resurrection life is meant for us as we go. I want to encourage us tonight to live, to live, to live in the power of the Spirit, remembering that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. This is the now what? This is what it was meant to be. This is what God came for. To take territory. To take the world for Him. To take the world for Him. I wonder if we just bow our heads for a moment. I wonder if the guys would join me on, join me on the platform. <clears throat>